it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Lou Nanny is joining us as he does every Thursday at 10 o'clock. Uh, Going to start you off with this one, sir. One of the best stories, I think, in the league this year has to be the Vegas Golden Knights. They have 46 points. They're an expansion team. And uh, at this point in time, this deep in, into the year, they are no fluke. How surprised are you that an expansion team can get off the ground and be this good this fast? Well, I'm a little surprised that they're leading the division. But if you remember the beginning of the year, I saw the first game and I told yep. you that no one's going to outwork this team. No one's going to have an easy night. And they're going to win more games than people think. First of all, they got a very balanced roster. They got good goaltending. Uh, these guys at home, I've been in a couple games there now, uh, they just don't let up on you. And their coaching is terrific. So I'm surprised they're leading. But if you remember when we talked earlier in the year, I said uh, this team's going to give everybody fits every night. And they, uh, it hasn't changed. Is this good or bad? Because it's going to, it's fun to watch now. Uh, but it's certainly going to set a new expectation in years to come about, well, if, if the Golden Knights could do it, then Seattle can do it. Well, uh, I'm sure there's going to be some conversation from the teams about uh, giving up that high a player, the 12th player in all the rosters. But now they're asking for 600 to 650 So if each team's going to get $20 million, uh, they'll give their 12th player up. Are they going to get that? That's remarkable, Lou. That's what the new figure was that came out of the meeting in December that uh, Bedman says between 600 and 650, and Vegas hasn't blinked. I I was talking to one of the guys in the league yesterday, and I said, I just don't know how these people expect to make money, how they're going to pay for it. you got so many teams losing uh, money and some a lot of money down, you know, like in Florida and Carolina. And yeah. I, I mean, uh, Ottawa, Jesus Christ. Uh, until you get a national TV contract that's meaningful, yeah, this is a gate receipts league, and gate receipts can't generate enough income to pay for it. So, so are these cash grabs smart or not? Then, because I mean, it's so much. If people are going to pay it, I'm sure it's hard to say no. But that being said, to your point, you, you know, you've got Florida's a mess, Carolina, Ottawa's threatening. So, is this is this the smart play? Just because it's so much upfront cash, or is this a long term potentially dangerous play because of, of the amount of franchises that are in flux and are just in trouble? Well, it's not dangerous because it won't be the league losing money. It's going to be the teams going out of business, and it's a smart play because what they're trying to do is cover the blanket the U.S. with good TV coverage, so it generates more money from a national TV contract than they're getting now. They need more viewership. They need uh, bigger pockets of this country to follow the game. And you get that when you hit areas like Vegas, Seattle. Uh, who knows if uh, Houston were to come in. And, of course, Quebec is always there 
waiting to take somebody. But, you know, we got teams like Ottawa. Ottawa's got the least amount of companies uh, making uh, generating revenues of $5 million and over. I mean, really small. And so they're actually covering some seats in the upper deck and only drawing 13-9 every game. And that's why they want a new stadium downtown to get closer to the fans because they think that they're too far out for the regular fan to come to the game and they don't have enough corporations to buy everything up. Hey, Lou, it's Doogie. Good morning. Happy holidays. You too. Continuing the Vegas theme just briefly, this is not a new topic, but I'm curious your opinion. Tying it into the local team, how much do the Wild miss Eric Halla? How much do they miss Alex Tuck? Well, I, I think they miss him a lot. I, I said that earlier. I, I, they miss their speed. They miss their goal-scoring ability. They miss Kala's checking ability. Uh, they they miss him. Right? You know, you can't keep everybody, but uh, they certainly miss him, that's for sure. That's why I said, you know, at the time it's a dicey situation. I'm just wondering what would have happened if they would have made all the defensemen available and uh, signed Holland. They already had Tuck under contract and then see where you are. Speaking of dicey, can the Wilds sustain playing like this? I mean, last year, even when they were in a bit of a funk before that lengthy winning streak, which is about this time last year, I felt like, you know, whether it was goals against or not taking penalties or having success through all four lines, you know, there were there were signs of that. This year, Louie, I don't see a team with four lines that can score. I see a team taking a lot of penalties. I look at goals against. They're giving up a ton of goals, even though, you know, they win the other night. I think right now, are they a top eight team in the West? Can they sustain this style of play and be a playoff team? No, they can't. And that's why... I said they're going to be in a bubble all year, and they need they need a, a surge of good wins. But on top of that, as you were just pointing out, their goals against has got to get a lot better because they're not going to be a high-scoring team. They they just uh, should get a, a a real I think shot in the arm when Parisi comes back, and hopefully that that does it. But even with them there, uh, I, I I really believe that they they got to cut down the goals against, and they got to get. Uh, much more consistent they are now, or they're going to have a tough time making it. This is one tough division, and when you look at it, I mean, game in and game out, you know, you you get good play from some people, not from others, not enough balance scoring, and then you look at the teams that you're tied with or behind in the conference, and to say, hey, we got to make the top eight, and look who's still here fighting for a playoff position. Hey, Lou, if if it was you. And this team begins to backslide some more. Uh, at what point would you say that it might make sense to to potentially start to uh, start to shop some guys and say if, if we don't make the playoffs, it's disappointing, but it could it could result in us uh, getting draft picks or prospects. Would there be a point well, for that for you? The time would be in February, but uh, you know you you got to have everybody on board to do that. You got to have the ownership on board. You got to have uh, you know. Uh, people understanding what you're trying to do, and, and we've been saying this for years, Judge. You've heard me say it before. You got to get bad before you're real good. Yeah, we've talked about that a ton. Yes. And, and uh, unfortunately, when you're in no man's land for ten years, which means in the playoff position uh, eight or out of the playoffs to fifteen, you're in that position all the time. Uh, you just don't get you don't get the best players in the draft, and mm-hmm. you get marginally better, or you get. People can play, but you don't get the difference makers. 
Hey, what's this trend now? And I, Fletcher's in this boat, and I think there's a few guys with him. This new trend of, of allowing GMs uh, to work into the last year of their contracts, which seems seems odd to me. Uh, because if you're in the last year of your contract as a GM, I don't think there's any way on God's green earth that, that you're going to uh, to bail out. Uh, it seems counterproductive, and I think there's about three or four teams, if not more, with GMs in the last year of their deal. Well, you know, that's just a sign of the times. We always were in the last year of our contract. In fact, back when I started, people were on one-year contracts. Most you really? years. <laughs> you know, this is... This is I, you know, I, I, get a, I, I get a real kick out of these college coaches that say we got to have uh, two more years. We got to be there for four years so the player knows we're coming. At the same time, they they get a big offer from Alabama or someplace and they're gone. I mean, this is a joke. It's a joke. I mean, if collectively all the owners in colleges started saying together, you work like we do in industry. You work this year. You do well. You come next year. But th- th- this is. Uh, I don't. I don't get concerned about that at all. Except the fact that. You know, people start speculating that you're you're really out of a job, and the owner doesn't want to put some money in the line for you. Many Wilds fans, Louis, would consider the trade with Buffalo going back to the off season, obtaining Felino Ennis as a joke. Is it a joke? Do we need to let it play out a bit more? What is going on with Felino? Well, you know, we all know why the trade was made. It was for dollars and and uh, cap space, and uh, you know, Felino has been. Uh, a considerable fourth on the ice while scoring 10 to 13 goals, and that's what you could expect. And he's just going through a little rough time scoring, but he played a pretty good game against Ottawa the other night, and he's had some good games. But uh, <laughs> talent-wise, mm-hmm. would, you, would you say straight up, would you? Would I trade Scandella and Palmonville for Ennis and Polino? No, not you know because. I still like defense first, and Palmerville, you know, is going to be even playing badly. He's going to get you 15 to 20 goals, and that's not playing badly because he's pretty consistent in his game. The scoring part uh, went down a bit, but he, he was never liability defensively, and he had speed. And the only thing that, that scares me now uh, is you've got to watch. It's not so much the third and fourth line uh, aren't just scoring. It's the speed differential, and that's why, you know, I got to tell you, yep. right now I think they should sign Stewart again for another year, at least maybe two. I worry about you know he's a third, fourth line guy and he's the best one you got there. He gives you what you need on the thing. So I uh, I think you got to start taking a look at adding some speed on that, that fourth line and and uh, you know hopefully uh, size and checking ability too. Somebody to get you some goals. That's why you miss Tuck, right? He's six foot four or mm-hmm. something, and you watch him. He can score goals, and you know that that, that was to me. He's he's going to have a good career. To your point, the speed now is incredible too. It's unbelievable. It's, ta- it's taken off, Lou. It's you know if you can't skate, you can't play. Yes. You know you can't skate. Speed kills. It yep. really does. Before you know it, uh, I remember I got hurt in my first year in training camp. After we went out to uh, rehabilitate in Cleveland, played my first game in the American League, and I had essentially been out of hockey for a while. I'm telling you, I can still remember that night. I thought they had 10 guys on the ice. <laughs> and that was just the American League. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the NHL, it's a notch higher because American League, you got some skaters. NHL, you got all skaters. 
and and it's uh, as long as you've got a head in your shoulders, speed might be the most uh, important asset you have. Chris Stewart would have been an absolute uh, star in, in this league in '85 or so. You're right. That's my biggest thing. He would have been a goal scoring. He would have been plet. He would have been a goal scoring machine. No, he's 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 better in plet in the way that he can skate. This guy is very deceptive. He's fast. Mm-hmm. And and that's why and uh, you know plet got it through Braun and good shot. Chris Stewart is faster, and he's got better hands. You in, in close. He he was a complete surprise to me when he came here three years ago. And uh, I got to tell you, he did score over 20 goals in this league. So it's not a surprise that this guy's got capability to put pucks in the net. And and even when he's not scoring, he's effective on the team. Louis, size up Bob Motzko's chances to repeat the U.S. chances in the World Juniors. Well, Motzko, he, he's done a terrific job. Last year he won the gold medal, and that's why they brought him back this year uh, on home ice, and they wanted to get a coach that could get the most out of him, and we all know, I mean, Motzko's a terrific coach, and he's got seven returning guys. Uh, we uh, we look at that roster, and we're pretty excited. We think we think we're in good position to to win the gold medal again. They got oh, when I, when I left the last USA meeting in November, we had over forty thousand tickets sold for the outdoor game. That's fantastic. So you know that's that great. that's going to get to fifty, yep. fifty-five for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. And and uh, especially if they win the first couple and Canada wins the first couple and here you are out, outdoors, mm-hmm. it's going to be something else. I've got a gripe, though, Louie. What's that? It's an incredibly important game. That tournament's fantastic, right? Yeah. Do we really need to put that game outdoors? I get it. It's a novelty act. But once again, you got wind issues. If it snows, you got ice problems. That game at that speed with that importance to me should be on the best surface possible, not outdoors. Well, here's why I disagree. Money. Do you know how much money well, we're going to make out of this? I know. We have to I know why. Through the United States, and you know how productive this is for us? I know why. You know, now we have a USA hockey rink in, in Plymouth. Uh, we bought it from Carmonis. The uh, del- development teams are working out of there. Uh, we're having games out of there with the guys and the women. Uh, it, is, it is just a fantastic place, something Canada's had for a long time in Calgary. Mm-hmm. So we're able to do these things, and we're able to do them because we ge- generate money from playing in world championships, especially in the juniors, but especially when we are the host. How many local guys on the team, Louie? I mean, uh, Middlestad, Middlestad and Lindgren? Mm-hmm. Oh, but there's others. I mean, Anderson from St. Cloud, you know, uh, and uh, the defensemen, uh, we have two defensemen from up there. So we, we got, I think, five or six Minnesotans on the roster. Did Paling not make the team? No, I don't think Paling made it this year. Okay, and Tufty, he, he wasn't on it either. Old too, you know the one that was there. Okay, all right. I mean, there's just there's so many kids to keep track of. It's hard to yeah. it's yeah. hard to pinpoint every single one. But I figured you're the expert. Yeah, no, they uh, they got some good players from out east, like Logan Brown, big tall defenseman. Their goaltending, Ottinger is he's from Minnesota. Oh yeah, he's a Lakeville kid. Yeah, yeah, and he's never really played here for a long time. He was with the development team that out in Boston and University, and this kid's a terrific goaltender. So we probably got six, seven. When you look at all the guys from uh, other places, we don't think about because they're in the Twin Cities. That that event is fantastic too. It really is. If you're a hockey fan, it watch really it. Is. I'll tell you, you, you get some real good uh, talent going there, and and uh, you know we 
we are excited about the squad he's got. We're excited about the coaching. Uh, I think the town is the assistant coach, too. So you got Mark going to town. Oh, again? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so nice. we got a big Minnesota connection there. Hey, have, have you heard anything on, on uh, Zach's potential return from his back surgery, Louis? No, but I'm just saying it's going to be in the first or second week of January. What should the expectation be? Because I think he's going to get back on the ice, and the expectation of fans is going to be, well, he's back now. He's going to be fine. I mean, when you come back from a back problem, that's just not a one-day thing and you're back to normal. Well, hopefully, you know, he doesn't have any kind of problem, which means that maybe not one day. You just got to get your timing in that. But right. uh, I'm I'm expecting big things from him. Okay. If he's healthy, I'm, I'm expecting him to play the way I was played because I think he doesn't know how to play any other way. And uh, he's got the skill and uh, tenacity to make a difference. All right, sir. Thanks, Louie. Okay, guys. Thanks. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Louie. In in two weeks. Bye-bye. Well, I get, listen, okay, I get the fact that they cashed in. All I'm saying is that a really important hockey game being played outdoors, you take the chances of it's going to snow and the ice is going to be really slow and the puck's going to bounce around, and that's all I'm saying. I understand, but I understand that that they can ca- that that U.S. hockey cashes in. I get all that. Okay? I plead stupidity. I mean, is it a quarterfinal game? Is it a game that's an elimination? A, game? No, no, no. I think it's a I think it's a regulation round game that's going to be played outdoors. That and then it's will dictate be played, and it's going to be played who the seeds are, or yeah, how the seeds and fall, and in it's the a key game. And it's going to be played in the Bill Stadium, which is where the first Winter Classic in two thousand eight mm-hmm. between the Sabers and Penguins was played. I get it. It's cool and it's fun. I just, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm going to defer to Louie. So I think you're wrong. Louie's right. All right. Let's come. We'll be back after this. Mackie and Judd now continue. Oh, come on. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd, which today is a Judd and Doogie fill back tomorrow. Uh, Doogie, you saw on the uh, Twitter machine some breaking news. What is going on with the Green Bay Packers? Packers head coach Mike McCarthy meeting with the assembled media that continues as we speak. He made the declaration before he started to take questions that wide receiver Devontae Adams, concussion, will not play on Saturday. So no Aaron Rodgers, no Devontae Adams. The Vikings are already a nine-point favorite. I imagine no Adams might bring that up to double digits. The Vikings should win rather easily on Saturday night. Yeah, that's going to be... Whether they do, we'll see. Actually, yeah. I would take the points myself. I think the Vikings win, but it's a competitive game. I don't know about that anymore. That Packers defense is bad. The Packers defense is bad. The Packers don't have their quarterback. They now don't have the receiver. Their best wide they receiver. Have, like Jordy Nelson they has nothing, disappeared. They have nothing to play for. You tell me. We, we uh, talked about this on the Wednesday show. When is the last time the Vikings went to Lambeau at any point and the game meant nothing to the Packers? I mean, 2005, that was an awful Packers team. I mean, I'll assume that, you did the research. I don't know. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. 15 and I can't, years? Yeah. 20 years? It might be the I mean, pre-Brett Favre? It's probably the 80s, Dukes. Early, early 90s. Infante Packers in the mm-hmm. early 90s. Because in 2005, that Packers team was putrid, and that was Sherman's last year, and he got blown out. And that Vikings team wasn't good, but that's the team that came back with uh, Brad Johnson, I think, won nine games. So that Vikings team was, was not terrible, but I... I covered that game in Lambeau, and I don't think it was that late in the season. Well, that's like, the key, like, like right? This is going there late in the season. Yeah. And I mean, it is remarkable when you consider the fact that the Green Bay Packers have not missed the postseason since 2008. I didn't realize that until I saw that, but that is a remarkable run. What? They've won a Super Bowl in that time. I think they've been to three conference title games, losing two of them. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers took over for Favre in 08, missed the playoffs, and hasn't missed him since until this year, 
you think about that run of success. And also, the Packers, you can mix in a few of those teams had decent defenses. And I think the year they won the Super Bowl, it was pretty good. But as of late, they've made the playoffs with defenses that have been really suspect. But it's based on one guy. It's based on your quarterback. Mm-hmm. But but once again, he is one of only how many guys can do that? Five, maybe four, yeah, it might five. Even be fewer than Tom, that. Tom Brady can do it. Aaron Rodgers can do it. I think Russell Wilson's just about there. I mean, he's a miracle worker. Four or five. I mean, is Brees still it. in that conversation? I don't even know if he is. Is Wentz no, now no, in that no, conversation? No, he's not. Because Brees now Brees has a defense now and a run game and is good again with the Saints. But I think the last two years, if I'm not mistaken, they've gone seven and nine. So no, he's not. Is Roethlisberger in that conversation? Might be. How about this? I'm just saying it's a handful of people. Is it far too early to declare that there's been a big shift in supremacy in the NFC North? And now yes, it is early. the Vikings division. Is it too early just because Aaron Rodgers missed a good it, chunk yes. of the season? As long That's as Rodgers is playing. You cannot dismiss As that. long as Rodgers is a Packer, the Packers are the class of the NFC North? Well, I think as long as Aaron is a Packer and as long as there's always the outside chance, although it's getting more and more remote that Ted goes out and actually does something, goes out and signs some guys defensively, you can't dismiss them. Now, that doesn't mean that the Vikings haven't pulled neck and neck, possibly. That's possible. But I think it's far too early to say it's now the Vikings on the mantle and everybody else behind. I think it's the Vikings and Packers, neck and neck, and then after that it falls off. Do you see any scenario where Carolina loses to Tampa on Sunday? Do you agree the Vikings win on Saturday? Maybe it's a competitive game, but the Vikings win. No, I think they win by about 20. Where there's a scenario where the Vikings actually wrap up one of those top two seeds? By Sunday night, where they could actually rest guys if they wanted to against Chicago, week seventeen. So Carolina, so for that to happen, Carolina has Carolina, to lose. And Carolina's playing whom again? I'm sorry, Tampa. Okay, probably not. Tampa coming off the Monday night game, so short week. Probably not. Is that game in Carolina? I don't know. You would think I would know that, but I'm also not a fan. And I've told Phil, Phil this, and I'm not concerned about it. I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of the fact that now Saturday's game looks to be pretty simple. I mean, the Packers might try, but they might not, too. And they've lost so many guys. I'm not a big proponent of the fact you're going to go Bengals, who didn't give a damn. I mean, they they were on the plane. When that game kicked off, mentally, they were gone. Green Bay, which is a mess right now. Chicago, which is not going to care. And so you're going to go from Atlanta, Carolina, which were playoff-type games and really good competitive games, uh, you're going to go essentially a month then until your next playoff game but before you play a team that is engaged. That I'm not a huge fan of. I would just like, I was hoping the Green Bay game would be a, a game against an engaged team. I think the elements dismiss some of that. It is supposed be to be right. zero degrees on Saturday night in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, might that's... snow a little bit. The chances of the Vikings seeing that climate, that weather, I mean, I suppose maybe January 21st. I'm just in saying, Philadelphia, it could be cold, but it won't be that cold. I'm just saying, if just I'm, because of the elements under the lights. If I'm a coach, I would have liked to get goofy scenario. I would have liked to get one fairly competitive game before you sort of just That's go on. That's fair, but I don't. But it's not. Know but I'm not saying we're going to get that. I mean, I'm not with the wind, I mean, there's going to be a lot of goofy elements to Saturday night. I think you run the ball a bit more. I mean, the Vikings pass short anyway, but even more so, you don't yeah. take any chances down the field. I think the game plan changes a good amount. Come. January 13th or 14th. The guy's going to have to watch his back is Barr. He's going to have to be careful. Who's going to headhunt? 
I mean, like, watch his back because fans Bounty... might chuck stuff from oh, the no, stands? Oh, no, 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 players. Do you think bounties don't still exist? <sighs> Come on. Really? He ended their season. I get that. All you got to do is get one hothead on the Packers. <sighs> not fans. I don't care about the fans. I'm not saying the fans. You, I'm not saying they don't exist. You, you really I'm don't, a skeptic you on that, You really though. don't think I could walk away with 5000 bucks if I'm a player and I... and and uh, So who's... Is that Rodgers then saying, hey... No, no, I'm just... I don't know how it would transpire. All, all I, <sighs> I'd watch myself. I'm dead serious. Well, I'm there. sure he will. I'd watch I mean, myself. I'm sure the head will be on a I don't swivel. Tr- I don't trust a team that doesn't care. I don't trust a team that doesn't care and some guys like, I, I can get five grand. And if you think bounties don't still exist, you're crazy. Uh, I, that Saints thing, that Saints thing put an end to them getting out, clearly. But I'm telling you, if I'm, I just be careful. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Profe- you can't sell me on that. Professionalism in football. You really think it's it's consistently there? No, it's not consistently there. You really think it's going to be consistently there? I don't there. think anybody is headhunting it's a- it's Anthony Barr on Saturday. It's, attitu- sorry. it's attitudes like yours <laughs> that end up with people. Being hurt. Dave, what's coming up in uh, stuff, I believe? Well, we could have talk about amputations. We could talk about uh, rumors that are being unconfirmed, well, deconfirmed, uh, debunked, I guess. Debunked. We could get into that. It's debunked. Or we might just have a special guest and blow out stuff. We'll just find out when we come back. All right. I'm very excited. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on, finally, finally, on 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Dell. Dell's small business advisors help you get the right solution. Get up to 35% off select business PCs with Intel Core processors through December. Visit dell.com slash small business or call 877-BY-DELL. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. Pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. All right, Dave Harrigan, give us the stuff we should know about for this Thursday. Let's start with an update on a nugget we had yesterday, either during stuff or questions. I can't remember. But remember Dana White, UFC president, he was saying, yes, they're absolutely Mm -hmm. in talks with Floyd Mayweather to have the 40-year-old do a few UFC fights, a little mixed martial arts. Floyd saying, "Ah, well, I could make a billion dollars in UFC, but that's not going to happen. That that actually has never happened. We have not been talking. That's that's a bunch of crap. So Floyd's saying, no, that's not happening. Who do you believe? I believe Floyd in this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Mayweather. I mean, if he needs millions upon millions of dollars or a billion dollars, go fight somebody when it comes to boxing. You don't need to hop into the octagon of the UFC and possibly suffer severe injury or embarrass yourself. Both of which would happen. I think they're, yeah, I don't know Probably. here. I just don't, I don't trust White. I don't trust Floyd. So, I don't know. Nothing's going to surprise me about this guy. There's nothing he, I, I, I said this when uh, Dave went, went through it on on the show Wednesday. Nothing he does surprises me because every time we try and shoot something down, oh, Floyd's not going to do that. The McGregor fight won't happen. It happens. So, you guys are probably right, but. Woo! 
The apology of the day yesterday come uh, came from Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints coach. Remember a couple weeks ago they had the game with the Falcons and he threw the old choke sign towards Devontae Freeman from the sidelines, screaming choke, and after the game said, I don't, I don't remember doing that at all. Conference call yesterday with the Atlanta media. He says, listen, the mistake I made that night was letting, obviously, my emotions get the best of me. It's the same thing we talk about with our players all the time. Wasn't good. I feel like, man, as that game went on, it even affected me just in calling plays. I've got to be better that way. It was really more of a frustration from some of the officiating. But you learn even when you've been dealing in this thing as long as I have. It's something you regret, and you look back on it and think, what are you doing? He also said he did admit uh, apologizing to Freeman via a text message. He's a bizarre guy. He's a good he, coach, he's though. He's a really good play you caller. You know what the bizarreness, though? He's a really good play caller, but he's a bizarre guy. intriguing. To me, keep being you. I mean, that's who he is, right? Yeah, except why did he lie the first time around? Then why not just well, say, yeah, again, I made that's, the, that's I, a part of who I he is. I made the sign I shouldn't have. I remember him. I covered him at an NFL meetings in March of probably 2010, and he was coming off the golf course with the coaches from their, from their golf deal. And uh, let's just say Sean had had a few pops. Sean, hey, you know what? Sean was having a lot of fun. Eight weeks after winning the Super Bowl, I'd be having a few pops too. Yeah, this is true. Did you guys catch MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred on with Lebetard yesterday? I did. I did not. Oh, this is good. I think contentious is a word you could use to not describe it fully at all. This was uh, pretty much the beginning of the interview. And, uh, yeah, South Beach is mad at baseball right now. Rob, were you aware of Jeter's plan to trade players and slash payroll? You know, it's interesting. Um, yes or no, please? Don't. Yes or no, please? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm happy to do yes or no's. You can add, you I'm can elaborate afterwards. I just want to know if you were aware but, of that plan. Like you, if you did, you approve a plan that had slash payroll again we, for South we Florida. Do, we do not approve um, operating decisions by any ownership, R- new Rob, owners, Rob. current owners, or not. Rob. And as a result, the answer to that question is no. I'm not going to be deposed. Like, this is some adversary thing. You want to ask me questions, I'll answer them the way that I want to answer them. Okay, but that's that's not good enough, we can move on. No, that's fine. I'll do it that way. But you can't come. You're coming on here and saying that you weren't aware of Jeter's plan to trade players and slash payroll? Like, we're starting with a lie, Rob. Like, that's. How about that? He's brilliant, though. Levitard? Levitard is so good. He's fantastic. But um, that was the newspaper guy. Right there, because he just wanted to cut to the cheese. He didn't want any of the ordinary. We're ESPN Radio. We'll we'll have you on, and you'll talk about your league. And uh, he was it. It was really, really good and beyond contentious. What you're suggesting then is in radio. What he should have done was softball, softball. Then boom, at the end of the interview, when you don't need him anymore, you don't need to do. You don't care if he comes on the show ever again. Radio, or, then you hit him with that. Yeah, and radio wise, I you I think if you want the if you really, it depends on do you do you want it to become confrontational, which Dan I think did, which is fine. If you want to really get the answer as as much as you can, and Manfred's not going to go down that path too much. I think what you do to your point is you soften him up a little bit. You certainly don't say yes or no, or call him a liar. But it was still fantastic stuff. I loved it. By the way, I am distracted by the steady stream of tweets coming in at you, at me. You got the masses going on the Packers headhunting Anthony Barr on you Saturday gotta night. You got to watch your back if you're Barr. 
You got to watch your back. Well, or as a tweeter suggests, watch your knees. Yes, the tweeter was absolutely correct. Turn that mic on. Turn that mic on. The legend of Ronnie Lott. Everybody knows the famous story, right? The most famous Ronnie Lott story. The finger story? The, the finger, exactly. Oh, yeah. Was it a pinky? Was it a... No, it was... Uh, was it the ring finger? Which one was it? I think it? it was the entire hand. <laughs> the whole hand. Just lop it off. I'm That's going right. back in. Injured mid-game says just cut off whatever part is uh, is ailing me and uh, let's, let's go here. I got a game to play. Well, it's not quite mid-game, but he's not alone. We go to the Australian Rugby League, the National Rugby League of Australia, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Cut my head off. I'm going back in. a couple months from starting their season. They (laughs) they kick off in early March. 21-year-old Angus Crichton, plagued by an injury to his left middle finger for his entire career. He's already had six surgeries on that finger. His seventh would have sidelined him right there. That big one right there. Yeah, yeah, left middle finger. Would have sidelined him for at least the beginning of the season. Instead, he told doctors, no, I'm not missing any games this year. If I can uh, help it, let's cut the finger off. At least the top of his finger. Warrior. Just a warrior. That's where you need a Mrs. Angus. To step into the picture or somebody to say, you know what, Angus, we're not chopping off your finger. It's okay if you miss a game or two or three or ten. It's all about the team, Doogie. You don't understand. It's all about the team. (laughs) Love the name, Angus. I think we should go with that. Dave, Dave, I'm trying to debate when we come back, what should we do? Well, clearly we should play the next big hit tune from Songs by the Yule Log. You you all think that we need Mackie to cut songs in studio here? Nah, uh-uh. Doogie, no, this is a Harrigan brainchild. Doogie, when we come back, you're going to hear the genius of Harrigan, Zolgad. Please tell me you're not singing in this one. I can't make any Not as much oh. as the other one. How about that? All right, cool. All right. I can live with that. <laughs> Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's a cultural wasteland filled with inappropriate metaphors and an unrealistic portrayal of life created by the liberal media elite. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackey and Judd with Judd and Doogie is sponsored by Mauer Chevrolet. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping now they won't be gone. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping now they won't be gone. A broken bone derailed their season. Losing Rodgers was the reason. His crappy teammates couldn't get the cheese into the playoffs this year. They've only got a quarterback. A solid defense is what they lack. Fans at Lambeau are going back to the concession stand for more beer. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping now they won't be gone. 
Songs by the Yule Log, Volume 3. That uh, that song was released, I believe, Monday morning. Is that right, Dave? Uh, Monday, actually Tuesday, because right. it was after they were officially right. out of the playoffs, after the Monday night game. A new song, Minutes Away. And, Do- and Doogie, as the king of the scoops, you also have uh, gotten us a special guest who is coming up at 11 o'clock. You tell us. Just got off the phone with former Rutgers offensive coordinator, former Gophers head coach, Jerry Kill. So Jerry Kill scheduled to join the show in about 10 minutes. By the way, the best part of that song is... It's okay, so song. downstairs on the TV side, Yep, we have a new photo guy, new photojournalist. <laughs> I sat with him at the holiday party. Great guy, Scott. Nice guy. Yep, Scott's very He's nice. from Milwaukee, okay? He doesn't quite get the bit. So, like, he takes that song seriously, and he just doesn't understand why you, why Phil, why Dave continue just to jab the needle. Because deep down, even though he's supposed you know to be unbiased, right, as, gets jabbed this way? as a news guy, he's still deep down roots for the Packers, I've, right? I've heard from your compadre, Chris Long, that he also does not appreciate <laughs> when we do the Packer vent line calls. Correct. He just doesn't get it. <laughs> so my advice, keep doing it. Do it more. When you know he's listening. Well, when, Continue to when do is it. that? He listens enough. Sorry, but not sorry, I guess, is what we have oh, to say. Uh, the Packer vent line thing is one of the greatest things of all time. I agree. It's one of the most genius mm-hmm. inventions of the show's time. It's it's fantastic. Go, Pack, go! Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or, hey, Bill. I'm on the You're bus Steve. on the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> Brody, how are we looking? What's going on? Hello? Yeah. Hello, Brody, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just can't help after watching the game feel feel sad for what's going on right now. You know, we've had all, all this success and stuff. And now you look at Aaron and he just he just looks sad. Sounds and like Randy kind of and I, I, I kind of feel like that's affecting his play. Is that what you guys think? That because he's sad? <laughs> There were accusations made about that very thing. It is not Randy in Cottage Grove. That's the first time I've heard that one, though. That one. That was my instant reaction. That, we got a lot of tweets yep. and a couple emails, emails about Randy, that. Randy called us, actually, yeah. soon after we had mentioned the tweets, and he said, "That's no, I would not be calling a Packer show. That's ridiculous. He, oh, I don't know about that. I think he's fully capable. Randy said that would be a waste of, of his very valuable time, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Dave? I, uh, yeah, and I, I think it time. sounds a little like Randy, but... The mannerisms, the certain turns of phrase that Randy likes to use aren't in that call, so I do believe that it's not him. The only part about that call that sounded like Randy to me was the hello. 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 But after that, I said, this is not Randy. Yeah, he's got a deep voice. A lot of people have deep voices. That's fine. I'm willing to bet there are plenty of uh, crazy and drunken Packer fans to take up that role. Green Bay. Although I think you don't need a Vikings some, fan to do yeah, it. Yeah, I you. think some smart Packers fans though are selling their tickets. They sold them in the last oh, couple it's days. Be, They'll sell them today. Sell them tomorrow. It's going to be purple. Mm-hmm. Lambeau Field. All, all of this BS that we got. What great fans! It's going to be purple. Uh, Jerry Kill will join us next. But Dave, before that happens, we have another new song by the Yule Log to debut. Hey, Dave, where's Phil? He's had some social media problems lately. What do you mean by that? It's a little like this. I mentioned the trees at Target Field. Royce is sick of me. I said PJ Fleck is the real deal. But Royce is sick of me. I made a joke about Mauer's legs that set off an internet powder keg. No matter how much I may beg. Well, Royce is sick of me. Oh, Patrick, block me on Twitter. 
I guess my last tweet made him mad. Patrick blocked me on Twitter. I must have said something bad. I love the Vikings' brand new dome. But Roycey is sick of me. Maybe I should just stay home. Now Roycey is sick of me. Even though he's the biggest troll, there's nothing but darkness in his soul. He doesn't deserve even a lump of coal. But Roycey is sick of me. What? Patrick blocked me on Twitter. I guess my last tweet made him mad. Patrick blocked me on Twitter. I must have said something bad.